Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Really excited to bring you um, a real character, uh, Keith Ellis. We actually recruited Keith out of uh, high school. He basically had obviously a full-time summer availability, and he was recruited by one of our very, very successful former alumni who's been on the program, Jamie Lee Mitchell, spent a whole number of years, six years with the program, and then really has developed an incredibly successful sales career. Um, He joined Dell, and we talk about about what he's learned at Dell and a number of these, uh, Honeywell, uh, Global Payments. Now he's in the SaaS world, uh, software as a service world, and talking about a bunch of fundamentally critical sales strategies. Keith is an enormous, enormous high-end performer high energy, uh, great results, hugely compensated, uh, especially for so, someone so young. You know, he talks about how the, the student works relationships uh, have been really, really uh, fundamental for him to find different jobs in his career. And I know you're going to love this high energy conversation with Keith Ellis. So if you know other really amazing leaders, really amazing, you know, extroverted, high energy people like Keith or, or, or other young leaders looking to really make a difference, please reach out to me. You can reach me at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You, you can send them to leaderspodcast slash apply or studentworks.com. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. So Keith, I am really happy to have you on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Chris. Fantastic. So Keith, I know it's been a while, but think back to before you joined Student Works and you referred into our program by Jamie Lee Mitchell, what That's a right. rock star she is, and a former, former uh, person who was on the pod. But tell me what you were like before our program and any frustrations you might have had about life or, or anything like that. Well, I think I remember the moment that um, Jamie Lee's mother asked me, I was actually doing a co-op at uh, their real estate firm, wanted to become a real mm-hmm. estate agent. And I learned so much just from scanning the documents. And I you know, really didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was actually in high school. Most folks in student works painting, I believe, are recruited out of university, which I later uh, learned how to do as a district manager with my tenure at student works. But it all started uh, with a simple question. Hey, by Jamie Lee's mom. Hey, do you want to run your own business? And I was like, sure. Yeah. She said, I'm going to introduce you to my daughter. And I, that at that moment, when I met Jamie Lee, my life completely changed because, you know, I was a young kid in high school. I think I was coaching gymnastics. That was my first job really as a gymnastics coach. I was a national champion gymnast as a, as a young boy growing up. So really just into sports, didn't really have my head around business, Yeah, but that was my first experience, my first sales job you know, cold calling for student works painting and then learning how to produce and all that fun stuff. 
That's great. And, and just a shout out to Jamie Lee Mitchell's mom, who is an unbelievably successful entrepreneur and, and leader. So, you know, well done for bringing Keith uh, and really identifying Keith's talents and bring him into the program and, and under Jamie Lee's Mitchell's, you know, developing you as a, as, as a leader. And so what do you still rely on from the program, Keith? Basics, cold calling 101. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I, I now call C-level executives on a daily basis. Um, the ability to knock on a stranger's door and say, hi, I'm with Studentworks Painting. Would you like a free estimate on any interior, exterior painting? Right. And when there's two feet of snow, it's just after Christmas. And yeah. I've never picked up a paintbrush in my entire life. Right. No experience right. whatsoever. I, I did that and I cold called, I booked $50,000 worth of work before the summer even started. I did that every summer, year over year. And that hit, gave me the ability to hit the ground running. But I think that perseverance of walking around knocking on doors um, really made me comfortable for picking up the phone and calling a C-level executive when you can knock on someone's home and, you know, I just would love to give you a free quote to paint your house. That's it. There's no sale at that point. And that's what I think I really learned the fundamentals of booking a meeting, right? So there's no sale that can happen at the front door. You're not going to give them a price at the front door. And what most sales professionals fail to do is they cold call someone, try and pitch when really they don't even know who you are. The, the number one priority is to book a meeting. And that's what I learned from Superworks. Book that meeting. And I perfected that along my career um, in the corporate America world. Yeah. And for our young leaders listening, you know, one of the things, good chance you haven't identified, but you know, one of the most important things is being able to talk to the C-suite. So the C-suite is the chief executive officer, the chief investment officer, the chief operating officer, chief technology officer, the people who are the elite uh, leaders of an organization. And, And so what makes it tough to do that? Keith, we'll dig right in. Like, what makes it really challenging to do that role well? Well, I think that what most folks do is they there's a lot of back and forth to get that initial meeting. What I do is I eliminate all the back and forth. Hey, are you available next week? How about this week? Oh, that doesn't work for me. Going back and forth via email. Whereas psychologically, like when you're knocking on a door, you just want a yes or no. When can we meet? Mm-hmm. Right. So in order right. to streamline that in you know corporate Canada world or corporate America world is. I use calendar invitations and the same way you may spend the time writing the perfect email, thinking of the perfect thing to say when you get them live. First of all, you will never get a CFO or a CEO live on the phone. I actually hope that I get a voicemail. So when reaching out, great floor is mine. No one can interrupt me. I can send my message and I can let them know exactly what I'd like to do. And it's meet with them. You know, I'd like to meet with them because I think that I can help save their organization time or money, but I don't even get into leads on that. I just want to meet with them specifically Speak with them 30 days out. So with executives, you'll never book a meeting two weeks out or even three weeks out. If you call, you send an invite 30 days out and it all stems back to the cold call. Hey, can we come on Saturday? It is a student works way is you, you you, you have back-to-back meetings. You come back, you know, you're on a roll. You got to keep momentum going. And I'm such mm-hmm. a machine that I can take a list and then fill up a calendar for two months, right? Instantly. Right, right. So it's it's when you're speaking to, you know, CFO, CEO, it's it's about finding the the hook. And I know you've been in many different organizations. So the hook's different though, right? The reason why they'd want to meet with you is different though. <sighs> 
it's, if you give them the reason why you want to meet with them, that's a perfect opportunity for them to say no, right? So, but then why will they want to meet with you? The, 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 reason, the reason why I want to meet with them could take an hour or 30 minutes to explain, right? So right. I, I almost it. leave it a little vague and I throw it, throw it out there. And oftentimes, if in the body of that email, you can't say what you're going to do because that gives an opportunity to not understand it. The purpose of, of the meeting has to be clear and day, clear as day, written in the agenda. That's what they right. accept. They accept what I write in that little blurb. And that could be anything, you know, please see the following opportunity for us to meet and, and see if there's an opportunity for us to help each other. Something as simple right. as that. Um, but obviously there's, there's some details in there. They're going to want more than that if they're going to accept 30 minutes Absolutely. out of their day. But, but Chris, the most important part is, and I learned this after student works is you cannot let that meeting start or you cannot let that meeting conclude that meeting that you booked unless you have that follow-up already booked in the calendar. Cause the moment that meeting is concluded, you're no longer in their calendar anymore. And you've, you're not, you're, you're, you're not, you're not top of mind and you're cold calling them. Right. So I don't, yeah. I only cold call once mm-hmm. and I never leave their calendar until I get a close, even if it's, you know, five, six meetings. Right. And right. they appreciate so, that. My customers are used to it. They don't get off the phone unless I have a follow-up book. Anyways. Awesome. No, no. And that's, and that's a great, that's a really great lesson. So, so it's, you know, just so we're clear what Keith said is, is, is I want to be in their calendar. And then once that meeting occurs before that meeting's over, I'm in another spot in their calendar for a follow-up. And so I'm just always in their calendar. And this is actually a, a in our model, mostly we're able, we're working to be able to make a decision that day. And that's largely what we're able to do. And if not, then own their calendar. And, but mostly the complex sales that he's working on, it's, it's multiple people, it's multiple times to be able to get a decision from, an, from a large corporation. And then, yeah, and then you, you don't find yourself scrambling at the end of the meeting to try and close or, or, or book it. I think we just need to speak again. You have to speak with your people. Let's bring the right parties back in the room again. We'll get together same time next week. That's my line of the day. Yeah, same time next week. Yeah, that's right. And then, it, well, the, the great thing about that is then your calendar repeats, right? So that's pretty easy. Yeah. So that's right. And so, they're used to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, Keith, I know uh, after a real successful career with us, you moved to Dell Canada. So why did you choose Dell and what did you get out of your your time at Dell? It's not necessarily why did I choose Dell. Dell chose me. Um, all okay. student works, alumni. I worked with everyone. Joe, you know, Joe Surrett, um, Oh, geez, their names are missing me now. But all of the Rob Signoretti. Joe, Rob yep. Signoretti. Yep. That's right. I can yep. see his face. I forgot his name. But um uh, we came from student works and all were top performers, right? So walked in first corporate job, um, uh, you know, coming out of graduating from college from Seneca college, you know, first corporate job really where, where I was able to um, get that corporate polish. Right. So I knew the ins and outs of a business on everything from payroll to marketing, to production, to sales, to managing, you know, a crew of, you know, 10 painters and, then I went to selling hardware and software at Dell Canada. Yeah. Made a ton of dough, was there for three years and um, actually was there for two years, ended up leaving uh, and then coming back actually. Then they've accepted mm-hmm. with open arms. So all student works painting alumni uh, were recruited to Dell at the time when I, when I finished my tenure at, uh, at student works. And uh, quite frankly, if I didn't have student works there and student works has gotten me several jobs just from people who either worked at college pro bosses of mine who said, Oh yeah, right. student works. Yeah. We're, we're rivals. Come on, let's go. Uh, right. So yeah. 
Well, and it's interesting with Dell as well. We we actually Dell at one point, um, it's it's not as uh, well known an organization. They were one of the really computer monster organizations corporately, and you know, sort of more in the uh, residential market. And they basically had all sorts of people in the business. And and you're right, they they seem to sort of come and and in, in hives. It's like, oh wow, here's a really great opportunity. Student works people go there, and now Joe's not there, Rob's not there, a bunch of people again. They split. Okay, that's the you know because uh, now they're into healthcare. And and sorry, we do have some people there, but but again, a different group. So so you you moved. You know, why don't you walk us through? the the organizations and and why you chose to go places because that's something as well our leaders love is is what pushes the button to have someone leave you know uh, why are you moving to other organizations etc yeah so I, from then on you know LinkedIn's a great tool and uh, I, I was actually recruited and headhunted for every job opportunity that I've had since. Um, except for more, more recent ones, I've gone out and find, found them on my own. But uh, yeah, my, my tenure at Enernock, uh, DisclosureNet, and Honeywell all were, were from people viewed my LinkedIn profile, saw my experience with StudentWorks, my core training, everything that you do in StudentWorks. Like this guy ran his own business. He understands the organization from the top down. And then he got corporate trained at, at Dell Computers. At that point, um, I was recruited. Uh, to go downtown at DisclosureNet, selling software to CFOs only, super hard sell. You know, can you imagine it's hard to get a CFO on the phone? They pick up the phone, they say, you got five minutes. All of a sudden, you're on the phone with them for an hour. Okay, it's time to book a meeting, right? So your communication has to be so clear and decisive and non-hesitant. The moment that they have the inkling that you're not, that the communication is not meant for them, uh, you got to talk to someone else in the organization. It has to be extremely targeted and you have to bring value, right? So you always have to sell value. There's tremendous value in selling student works. You're, you're protecting the most valuable asset that people own, their own, from rotting or from looking shabby, right? So these, right. these are very important items. And I learned the value of that. And uh, once you understand the value of what you're providing, you're not selling anything. You're helping people. Yeah. I know as well, one of the, one of the, you know, at Honeywell, you worked with one of our former operators as well, John England. That's right. And you work with him. Yeah, uh, and right. I know he was one of your top performers as well. Uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, and, and really moved, moved, moved a lot of business for him. Yeah, that that's right. It's funny. Uh, John England, he's remember the end of the summer, he had all this work done in King city and he's like, he's like, Keith, I know you got like 10 painters over there. I got to go back to school, man. Like, can you mm-hmm. help produce this? And, uh, Really, uh, when it came down to it, when it came down to it, sorry about that. No when it came down to it, is um, yeah, John England actually, what I guess you could say, was was an owner operator. I ended up going and working for John. We had a great time working at over at a, a company called Parity, going doing energy solutions for condos. Um, so yeah, we worked together after ten years later. After and he he found me. He said, "Oh my God, Keith Dellis, I remember this guy. He said Honeywell, perfect fit, brought me on." Um, so not only uh, did I get job opportunities from student works? You know, I got to work with old friends as, as, as uh, fellow bosses as well. Well, that's great. With global payments now, you know, how are you enjoying that role? What, what, what's had you sort of moving to different roles? Is it just bigger opportunities? Is that's what's gotten you excited, Keith? 
So yeah, I was in the uh, building space for a long time in the energy space for a long time, right? Enernoc five years, Honeywell uh, three and a half years, and really just sort of understanding the the return on investment on saving energy in your building and then putting more people in your building. And then I sort of hit the holy grail of ROI, return on investment, which is productivity. And so I got into the payment space and now been a global payment now for three and a half months and really just loving it, closing a deal a week, just crushing it because we're providing value in a commoditized market by presenting software. So now as a SaaS salesman, all I do is, you know, sell really beautiful software that helps organizations save time and save money, their most valuable resource. But now right. it comes down to payments. What I do mm-hmm. is I offer e-commerce solutions for businesses that would like to accept credit card. And there's right. usually high fees that go along with that. We have the autonomy to, you know, win a deal at all costs and, and uh, hopefully not, you know, that, that uh, it, it's true. We, we're willing to fight for the business. And when you have that kind of autonomy and have that power, we're we're acquiring customers and we are purchasing customers. It's no longer sales. We're we're acquiring their business, and the, the differentiators was one of two things. It's it's customer service. When you're in a when you're in a commoditized market, you know I'm the differentiator, and what I provide is a differentiator, and what I'm willing to do for customers on saving them money to the point where we're willing to accept that deal to make less money to gain a customer. True customer That's acquisition good. hunter role. Yeah. No, that's great. No, and that's and that's definitely, you know, that's definitely one of the things that you are, Keith. That's one of the things you really excel at at student works. You continue to sell at is the hunter role and that really understanding for our leaders. You know, some people are hunters, some people are more, you know, and, and there's different, there's a farmer role in sales, there's different people, but the the most highly paid people in sales are hunters. Also, most highly paid people are software as a service. Those are the, those are the organizations because when people, when companies can acquire companies with software as a service, they're, I was going to say stuck, they're integrated. They're integrated in the company. They become partners and they've invested so much money. Now they invest that money because it works, works for both organizations. And then they stay, you know, years and years, decades. And as a result, so much value gets created. And as a result, they can pay you know, hunting sales reps an enormous amount of money to acquire and, and make these things work. So, well, I, I couldn't agree with you more there, Chris, because like the cost of customer acquisition, it's um, well, obviously there's a huge cost with account management. Like you said, there's very many different roles in sales, but it all comes down to one thing is doing what you say and building relationships, right? And, and, and GOA, get off your ass. <laughs> a lot of the core <laughs> values that I learned from student works is like, get up and do it. The only person yeah. who's going to help you is your right and your left hand. Well, that's right. one executive existed, right? So, right. Yeah. Hey, leaders. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, will be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply 
and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So, uh, you know, we've been talking about a lot of wins, but what about failures or mistakes, Keith? What, what's gone wrong and how did you learn from those? Well, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, one thing that I excelled at, and Chris, you remember this, I was a fantastic individual contributor, fantastic yep. franchisee, owner, operator, president's club year over year, rookie manager of the year, stood up at the stop of, of, of the CN Tower and held my, uh, I did $100,000 in revenue on my year yep. one, uh, went to Mexico, Cancun year over year. When I went to district manage, I, I struggled because it, it's hard mm-hmm. to teach motivation. Either you have that fire right. or you don't. But like you said, there's different personalities and it's not necessarily the go-getter, oh, go knock on a hundred doors. It's who's consistent, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I found that, uh, you know, my best painters didn't make my best managers, right? So, uh, you know, yeah, learn the hard way, right? They um, Sometimes people see the bigger picture. Sometimes people see granular. And, uh you know, that's what the one thing that student work sort of separates the boys from men, if you will, on who's able to adapt and see the bigger picture and understand there's wins, there's wins, there's wins, and there's losses. Uh, you know, right. I'd, make, I'd make tremendous profit on three out of five jobs. But then some of the others, you know, that's okay. I kept my, my painters employed. Maybe I'd only make 10% or 20% margin on some. But that's the whole point is that it's a balance. And when you put mm-hmm. the customer first or in student works painting, you put your employees first. I ended up yeah. working for my employees, not, not, not for my customers, right? Keeping them employed, keeping them working, right? But yeah, so some some failures along the way. It's um, you know, you know, maybe leaving Dell was one, and that, that's why I came right back, right? So right. I like Dell went to the school job for a year. It was awesome. Then I went right back to Dell because right. I missed that structure, right? I need that structure. Sometimes mm-hmm. having too much autonomy can be dangerous. So that's why student works is great because it's there's so it's so structured. The system works. You just follow it blindly and, and you, you close mm-hmm. and you make money, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and it's it, one one of the great things, you know, just for our leaders as well is, is to identify the role that you're you're good at and, and that really, hey, where are you meant to be in the world? And one of the great things about student works is is that you really try out a lot of things. I'm trying out management, I'm trying out project planning, I'm trying out sales, I'm trying marketing, I'm and, and then all, obviously I'm taking what I'm taking in school. So as a result, I can actually go and say, wow, this is really what I'm good at. And yes, a lot of our top operators, you know, later on become, they go the coaching and the management and the director mm-hmm. VP route. And there's all sorts of people like you, Keith, who say, no, I'm a hunter. I'm going to keep crushing it. And I'm, uh, this is what I'm great at. And I love it because I can tell every time I talk to Keith, Keith's in a good mood. Keith's high energy. And I know everyone can hear that on the phone. It's very clear. Um, so, so, you know, and I think that's really important is just kind of understanding. And again, it's like you can see Keith's just already framed it as, oh, didn't work so well. No problem. Next. What's next, next, right? Yeah, next. exactly. Yeah. Next, get up and try again. Get up and try again. Yeah, exactly, and that's a really that's a real tribute to you, Keith. Uh, it, you know, is again your action orientation. So, you know, as you went from like you know, I know that that student who met Jamie Lee, uh, Jamie Lee Mitchell's mom, and I can't remember her name. I think it's Diane. It's Diane Mitchell. Tom and Diane Mitchell, good family friends. Yeah, yeah, t- yeah they took so, me in. Yeah, yeah. So, but but when you met Diane, what did you need to change about yourself from that, Keith? To today's Keith? Well, 
to be successful in the full-time world? Um, that's a tough one. You know, it, really, it comes down to, you know, personality and being honest and, and meeting people and opening up doors. If you, you know, introduce yourself and you want to meet with someone, and if you'd like them to meet with you again, you better be having fun. I, I learned mm-hmm. that at Honeywell. Is being, right. If you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. Sales can be, you know, presentations and finance and selling to a CFO. If you can call a CFO and make a CFO laugh, you know, they're not very humorous people normally, but their CFOs are people too, right? Of Fortune 100, Fortune 1000 companies. They just want to have a good time. They, they want to meet people. They want to laugh. They want to save money. They, they want to save time. But most importantly, they want to have a good time, right? So if right. someone meets with you once and it's, you know, you're asking them questions that they don't like. And if you can't read a room, uh, that's one thing I learned from student works is sitting around the dinner table with the husband and wife. You know, sometimes you ask a simple question, you know, is, is, is this something you'd like? Uh, something very straightforward like that, but not close-ended, right? So I'm trying to think back to the the, the painting days, but um, it also comes down to numbers. You have to, there's always one in three, one in three. The more, more things you put on the board, you're not so desperate to close them if you've got high volume, right? Eventually, right. if someone's, if a customer spends enough time with you, eventually they're going to buy from you. It's like, okay, right. we, we, we're meeting, we're meeting bi-weekly now, right? Are you going to ask me for money eventually? Like, uh, you know, yeah. uh, but that's the whole point is you're, if you're never desperate, if you never this not necessarily ask for the sale, they, they ask to purchase from you. I'm an, I'm an influencer and I influence people to want what I have uh, to offer. Right. And if you, if you, what you have to offer provides value, it's a win-win for everyone. Cost isn't, it isn't, uh, it's nothing to do with it. If they realize the value, it got to a point where I was at Honeywell where I was not even able to present a proposal unless I knew the customer was going to say yes to it without them knowing the price. So that, that is because you get leveraged and a kind of company like Honeywell, you give a proposal and then they just go and we get undercut. So we were not allowed to submit a proposal with any numbers on it unless we got a verbal or a commercial term seat signed saying that they would move ahead with the project based on these parameters that have nothing wow. to do with price. Wow. So think of that. Wow, that is entertaining. <laughs> Go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Really, really delivering value. That is wonderful, Keith. So if someone wanted to do what you do, you know, what key habits would they want to steal from you, Keith? It's, uh, I think I should write a book about it. My calendar communication on, uh, on how I'm able to get fill up my calendar. So many sales professionals have been so amazed. They're like, how are you able to fill up your calendar like this? And, and they always laugh. They're like, they're like, I'll have my boss in on a meeting. He'll pull out his phone. There'll be like 10 of us there during the meeting. While people are talking, I'm, I'm setting up a meeting for the follow-up. And then subliminally before the meetings even started, they're like, he actually just sent an invite for, but my customers like that because at the end of the meeting, they're like, yeah, I see you sent an invite for two weeks out. We'll get to better two weeks out. Then they pitch it to me because it's already in their calendar. It's just calendar communication. The same way you send an email, you know, send it in an invite coupled with a voicemail. You have to tell them what you're doing. But um, I guess if there's one thing, it's I remember the, when I had the most fun with Student Works when you introduced the gold, silver, platinum package. I hope right? you still yes. have that. I hope we, you still we, have that. We do. We do. Yes. It's it's and now we call it popcorn pricing. So what we do is 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 uh, we basically believe that. Um, well, the, the story is this. I might as well explain it just for, for, our, for, our, for our leaders is, is that years ago, they only sold one size of popcorn, okay? And so then all of a sudden, someone had the good idea, well, why don't we have a small and a large size of popcorn? And so 
80% of people still bought the small size of popcorn. So the key was to offer three choices of popcorn, which became small, the large, which is now today's medium, and then the large, which is so big, who the heck ever eats that, right? But it's what ended up happening was all of a sudden, I think it, the, the, the percentage was 65% of people all of a sudden jumped up to that medium size, which was the old, old, silver, old, silver, silver yeah, bag. the silver. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and then still some people bought the, the, the super large one, still people bought the small one, uh, or the, you know, the regular size uh, back in the day and dramatically drives margins, dramatically drives, drives, uh, drives averages. And so it's a really, really key strategy that you'll see quite regularly in three tier pricing. And, and what it does, it drives choice. So no longer are you selling something. The customer, customers like you and I are people, they've ordered off yes. the menu. They can pick what they want, present them with the menu for their own home, and they can pick the package they'd like. The amount of power washing upsells and silver or platinum, three coats of paint, you know, people want to protect their investment. And there's more value, the, the cost, the increase in cost for the extra material done on the house is, yeah. is, is bar none. Uh, nobody picked the bronze. Nobody. Yes. Picked the yeah. silver. Yeah. Some people want the platinum. I want six. I want three coats. I want it to last. Yeah. <laughs> Glad, yeah. Gladly, gladly do it for you. Right. Right. Give right. the people what and, they want. Give them the choice to make and the autonomy to make decisions on their own. You'd be surprised, you know, what they would do for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things as well for our leaders is really listening to, you know, one of the things I'd like to comment about, about just key strengths is enormous confidence, right? And seeing the future, right? Like you see the future, which means you're assumptive. I'm seeing this client buy. I'm seeing this client put another meeting in their schedule. I'm seeing the value I can create with this client. I'm one of the things you'll see as well as is the look the organizations these work for, they're only leading leaders in the organization. So it's like, okay, I know we're, we're good. So here, we're right. This is what we have. This is what we have for you. And I think that's a really, really key uh, strategy that you've built your career on as well, Keith. Yeah. And there's, there's tremendous buying signals for the amount of time a customer spends with you, right? Like, it's like, it's like when someone's walks into a store and then walks out, it's like they walked in to buy something and then they walked right out. It's, it's like, it's it, the, the opportunity to close is yours to win or to lose by whether you're personable, whether they want to see you again, but the more time that they spend with you, those are more buying signals, right? Okay. They're spending an hour. That's an hour. Executives don't invest time unless there's something there. You don't have 100%. to ask for the sale at that point. They clearly want to buy from you because they're meeting with you and they're there in attendance and C-level executives are so responsible with their calendar. They never don't show up. They simply yeah. reschedule or push it out, propose a new time. And I give them that the autonomy. The answer is yes, always. I always consider a meeting, even if it's a month out, that's still an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. So, so final question, Keith, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Chris Thompson. <laughs> I'm telling you, I learned a lot from Chris. Derek, Derek Norman and I talk about you all the time. Getting you know, one of my alumni painters. It's still good friends, and uh, you know, it's it's funny because uh, you know Simon. You know, Simon is the new Salesforce, or Simon is Salesforce, right? Which is your internal organization. So, the leaders of tomorrow. You know, that's a good question, and uh, 
I have to get back to you on that one, Chris. I don't know. Put a pin in it. Put a pin. I think I got all the answers, but you know, if I don't have the answer, I'm the first to say, I don't know. Let me get back to you. Let me put that in the calendar for next week. We'll do it next week. Okay. We'll, I already put we'll it in your do calendar. It. We'll do another. Accept the client or propose a new time. Thank you, Chris, for your time. Have a nice day. <laughs> you got to know when to end it too. When you hear the answer, you want, when you get the answer you want, you hang up the phone, you get out of there. You hear yes. Okay, bye. <laughs> That's it. Do not say anything. And it's called the golden silence. You may not know that for me, but when you yeah. ask a question or when you ask for, hey, does that time work for you same time next week? The first person you just to speak. Stop talking. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. first person to speak loses. Stop. If you ask a question, you better, even if it takes five minutes, you're wrestling, you pretend like you're wrestling. Oh, let me check my calendar, even though it's wide open. Uh, but, but, but that's how it is. <laughs> but, yeah. Yes, but no questions. You got to. Cut it. <laughs> well, well, Keith, Keith, I, I love your answer, meaning it was just it was just a great thing. Sometimes we don't have a good answer, so don't answer the question. And that's 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 awesome. That's a that's a really great lesson for our leaders. You know, there was nothing that really spoke to Keith. He didn't speak to it and and made everyone laugh. Because I'm sure anyway, everyone else laughed like we laughed. Sometimes when customers ask a question, they know you don't know the answer. They're just testing you. Is this guy a liar or not? I was like, that's it. They, and, you, they, and the first thing you say is, I do not know. I usually, I don't, I, I usually don't do any questions on the first meeting. I say, oh, that's, that gives a great opportunity to come back. And, and usually, usually, usually the answer, I can't answer myself. There's another resource. I have to get a technical resource. And usually questions are just tests. Is he going to make up an answer? Is he going to set another time to answer my question properly? They don't want to hear a guess answer. They want to hear facts, actual factuals. That's what I do with yeah. actual factual revenues. That's it. Facts only. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And that's a great lesson as well. People don't expect you to have all the answers. Don't know. All, I, I Actually, you know, today I was asked a question by one of my district managers. I didn't know the specific answer, you know? And again, it's it's like there was just... Too many. I didn't have the data with me. I said, "Here, let's do this. Great, we'll get that answer." You know, and there's that's not. It's not a bad thing. It shows that we're not willing to say something that's not true or not actual or sort of. You know, no. Here, let's get the actual number. So, Keith, thank you so much for coming on the Leaders of Tomorrow. Uh, I'm really excited that you got here no um, around your calendar. It took and, a year, and, didn't and it? I think it, it took a yeah. year. Yeah, I, I think you Even, tried this last summer with me, and uh, and it's, it's just how it is, man. I'm a busy man. My calendar's full, literally back to back every <laughs> single day. <laughs> and and it's so, yeah. student works. I remember my book, my student works. It was back to back every day in student works. Anyways, you bet. Well, well, Keith. Thanks so much for joining us, and it's been a real treat. So uh, you have a fantastic, uh, fantastic weekend. Thanks for joining us late in the week on Friday. So thanks. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested visit 
leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.